guys. Welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about all your favorite smutty books from the TikTok world. But today we're talking about someone's favorite smuttiest series. And if you're wondering who that is, oh, it's Hilda. <laughs> of course, we're talking about Zodiac Academy, the one book we mention in almost every single podcast. So there's a fun little Easter egg hunt for you. How many times have we said it? I think one time we actually counted. I think we we're up to like six. In one recording. In yeah. one recording. As always, I'm Caitlin, joined by my co-hosts, Hilda. Hi, guys. And Bridget's back. back hi. From, back from having a baby to say hi and join us for the special Zodiac Academy retelling. You know, I know it's Hilda's favorite series, but it's low-key mine as well. I cannot resist. So here I am. No uh, I'm just more obnoxious away. about it. It's just Bridget. your love for lamps. <laughs> I think it's truly just because like this book caused me heartache and I don't like dwelling in it too much you know hilda your love fueled it for all of us i think because again we talked about it last time you read it first you convinced us to get into it and i think by book two which is the book we're talking today we are hooked yeah yeah definitely she would send us tiktoks quotes from the books pages from the books guys you gotta read this you have to read it it wasn't even just like a oh six pepper emojis (laughs) she sold it well and now we're invested well here we are. I remember very clearly working out and reading book six and texting you guys about it and telling you guys about the series. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. This is crazy. And when we get to book six, we'll talk about it. I think I remember this because you're like, oh my God, oh my God, something terrible like, is going to happen. I really hope it doesn't happen. And, I was and like, then Bridget oh and I were like, I, just- I, I don't know how to help you, but did it happen? <laughs> I was like, I need to put this down. <gasps> I need to breathe. I was like, oh my God. And then yes. And then I think within the week, Bridget was reading it. And then, yeah. and book is tough we talked about that last week how book one can be a little bit tough so i had to like incentivize books two and three <laughs> and later on and i was like you get this wonderful scene and then we're just it- gonna block out all the pain and heartache in between <laughs> yeah that's not working for me so today we're talking about book two in the zodiac academy series there are eight books total the night is it eight or nine it's technically well, nine if you add the first the like as told out. by the boys Mm-hmm. So it's an investment. This is a chunk of books to get through, but it's a worthy investment. I think another TikToker, I want to say, is it Read with Brit? Are you talking mm-hmm. about the trashy, like why we're obsessed with it? Well, yes. She was like, the, the best way to describe it is it's the trashy TV of the book world. It must have and been Brit. I think so. I think yeah. it was. Yeah. And I thought that was a very good, I wouldn't say it's trashy. This is not like 90 Day Fiance. No, it's like Bravo. It's Bravo. It's, it's Bravo. elevated, you know, yeah. a little bit. The The witty banter makes up for it for me personally yeah the back and forth you're gonna be laughing about that but we are talking about ruthless Faye, which is the second book in that long and series that we love because the last book is coming out this december so you want to make sure everyone is all caught up and we have time to discuss some of our favorite funniest quotes and some of the most heartbreaking parts of these the series we've read and i, I can't know, even like think about that <laughs> i know i've blocked out important parts we're just here for book two <laughs> when we t- discuss book seven we're gonna stop at 90 percent oh yeah Oh, you're see, you're thinking about book seven. I'm still thinking about like book four. Four, oh, five. End of book four. <laughs> Those were tough, tough scenes. Book four, five, read. six actually doesn't end that badly, but seven. I think four. I just like stared into the shower and just like sat there and like contemplated life. Tears were reading. I'm not ashamed to say it. Oh, tears were shed. Absolutely, a hundred percent. There's no way. I challenge you to read it and not cry at certain parts. This God. series gives you everything. You laugh, you cry, you make friends. You know, it's a full life to live. It's on, you'll see it all the time referenced on 
TikTok, and you'll see it a lot more as we get closer to the debut of the last book. So without further ado, let's get into it. Here's Ruthless Faye from The Twisted Sisters, Carolyn Peckham and Suzanne Volanti. Okay. So Ruthless Fate, it picks up where book one leaves off. And so Darcy and Tori spent the night together in Darcy's room, consoling each other. Remember, Tori had the near drowning experience when the heirs tried to drown her in the lunar leisure pool. And Darcy got her hair cut off by Seth because he's an asshole. And then obviously, then they had the traumatizing experience where Astrum, the only teacher that was nice to them, was basically barbecued alive. They're just- good first- first semester like first week i feel like this was yeah no it was it was tough so the girls decide you know what we're gonna go back to chicago there's nothing for us here we have to go but they don't want to go back poor so they decide that their tori's gonna break into darius's room and steal his gold and darcy's gonna break into orion's office and get the stardust so they can go back to chicago But things do not go as planned mostly because when tori goes into darius's room obviously you know she's She has a criminal background because that's how they survived on the streets. But she ends up essentially taking all his gold, but at the same time, starting the process of burning down his room, which is a lot of fun for her personally. But then Darcy, when she goes to Orion's office, she makes a little bit of a mess because she can't really control her power. She can't get his desk open, but he catches her. She tries to stardust away, but he like hitches a ride and they land at the top of Air Tower. And he essentially tells her, you know, if you and your sister leave, then you're not a fae and you don't deserve to be here. He actually isn't as angry with her as you would think he would be. But she essentially takes that as, you know, I am fae. I can't leave. So she fails in getting the stardust, but then she runs over back to Tori and they decide that they're not going to leave. But they do decide that they're going to basically enact revenge on the heirs. So book two is about the girls continuing to get better at controlling their powers while at the same time planning revenge on the heirs. Okay, so for Caleb, they decide to start the rumor that he likes to have sex with Pegasus. And so they like stick a blow up Pegasus doll in his room. The whole scene is actually it's pretty funny because he had just come out of the shower. The Pegasus doll is like huge and the wings don't like go through the doorway. His towel falls off. So it looks like he's like humping the Pegasus. You could say it. It looks like he's pegging the Pegasus. Come on. (laughs) It looks like he's humping the Pegasus. And so they start this whole rumor about him being horny for the horn. Horny for Um, the horn. The best thing I've ever heard. Like I would probably wear that on a shirt. (laughs) So to that. It was pretty great. Darcy, in the process of learning to regrow back her hair, uh, thanks to Orion, who starts private messaging her um, via their like private whatever email, Facebook, Facebook, whatever their messaging service is. When she goes to pick up those supplies or borrow those supplies from wherever the labs, not Mercury Chambers, maybe Mercury Chambers, I can't remember. She runs into an Aquarius moonstone which helps to summon fleas. So she basically is able to grab one of Seth's hair while avoiding a werewolf pack orgy. Great scene. And so she gives Seth fleas, which is pretty funny because it also like isolates him from his- His pack. His pack. Because, you know, they don't want to get fleas. Understandable. Darius, like I said, Tori burned down his room, which obviously sucked because he had to go back home and get replacement gold. But also they burned down his room. 
And he's a dragon, so like he treasures his treasure, you know, like yeah, <laughs> treasure. Apparently, I'm just full of them today, but that's like the worst thing you do to a dragon: steal their gold. Exactly. And with Max, when the heirs are serving detention for trying to kill Tori or trying to drown Tori, I guess they weren't trying to kill her; they were just trying to scare her and drown her. So they say. Um, and Darcy was serving detention with them for, again, breaking into Orion's office and stealing the stardust. They have to clean the roof of one of the buildings because there was griffin poop on the tiles. And apparently griffin poop is super toxic and Max is very allergic to it. So the day of their big pitball match that's starting off the season, they break into the stadium with Geraldine who is on the pitball team. And so they add Griffin poop to Max's- Griffin turd, I believe is what they call it. <laughs> yes. Griffin turd powder to Max's pitball kit, i.e. his pitball uniform, so that he can break out into a rash during the game and basically- Cause him up- to lose, yeah. Yeah, screw up his performance, which his dad was also there to watch. Actually, and so at that pitball match is like sort of the culmination of the revenge on all of the heirs. Oh, because the other portion of Darius's prank is making him lose faith in his quote unquote followers. And so Tori makes it look like Milton Hubert, one of Darius's close friends in Ignis' house. She made it seem like he was the one who broke into his room and stole his gold. And so the day of the pitball match, Darius finds out that Milton has betrayed him. The other school, Starlight Academy, takes a huge Pegasus sex toy, actually one for each of the heirs and Caleb, um, and they start throwing them around on their side of the stadium, um, saying that Altair is horny for the horn. So great. <laughs> Seth, can't stop. Seth can't stop scratching himself because he's full of fleas and... Max is covered in purple welts because he's highly allergic to the griffin poop. You know, I will say this was so satisfying to read the revenge because I didn't want them to, we can get into it a little bit more, but I didn't want them to take the high, high road. Like they're supposed to be princesses, like don't let this bother you. No, let this bother you and please enact your revenge and I want to hear every little detail, which the Twisted Sisters gave us. So I really enjoyed reading all the little juicy details about this. So I think she had to end up taking it down for like inappropriate content. But for a while, Carolyn on her TikTok had the funniest video of like a naked Ken doll chasing around, I guess, like a Pegasus mini baby. I remember this. Because <laughs> um, they would sometimes do Barbie reenactments. Little skits. I forgot about those. they have done that in a while. <laughs> Oh my god, they were so funny, but I think somebody like reported her. She was constantly getting banned from TikTok for inappropriate content, which is messed up. But I, I'm sad that I never like downloaded and saved the video because it was so good. I've never when laughed we've so hard. Her, we can always ask for the originals. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Okay, so that's how the girls enact their revenge on the heirs. But at the same time, they're also, I guess, deepening their relationships to them. And so there's a lot of Darcy Orion tension in this book so much some of my favorite tension that has ever that student teacher tension yes that has ever like been written that I've read recently it just makes me so excited I can tell the you the banter is really right good now. between them the banter is really good and just like whatever we'll get into it for a deep dive and then obviously even though she doesn't want to admit it 
Tori has to spend time with Darius. He has to coach her on wielding her firepower because they wear these really tight fire suits to protect their skin when they're in the fire arena practicing their fire. And Tori feels that the suit kind of inhibits her from using her power properly. And so the professor makes her get tutoring from Darius. And um, he was actually supposed to start tutoring her in book one, but he would never show up because he's a jerk. But then he needed his them Lionel, to show up for his dad's yeah. party. And so Lionel decides to throw a party for the girls to meet the heirs and just a party in general to like flex his power and authority because Lionel's an asshole. So I'm just remembering that Tori calls him an oversized iguana with anger management issues. <laughs> That was one of the quotes I had looked up. I was like, man, that's good. And so whatever, he strikes a deal with her that he'll tutor her if she goes to the party. So whatever, they go to the party. There's that whole scene, lots of tension between them. Well, why don't you round up the end of the recap? So you've got the romance there. And then it really ends in what? Like, what's the big fight? So the thing is, okay, it's hard to explain the ending of what happens at the fight without explaining sort of like how the relationships are developing. So, so it ends with a big fight. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we'll get into it from there. So let's tackle Darcy and Orion first. Your um, favorite because, subjects. Because they're my favorite. Okay. So mentioned Darcy breaks into his office to steal the stardust and Orion catches her. And so she tries to like stardust away, but he using his vampire speed like catches up to her and they end up at the top of air tower and she thinks that he's going to be like super pissed at her but at some point and like their tussle she like manages to throw him over the side of the roof and so she's like oh my god i killed him but obviously orion also has air power air magic so he is able to not fly off the side of the tower and you know what i thought about when she like was like oh my god i just killed a professor the scene from harry potter when (laughs) harry like is in the fourth book and they're doing the trials and he takes the gillyweed and he jumps into the water and then um neville he doesn't come back up and he's like (gasps) neville's like oh my god i just killed harry potter the same exact reaction (laughs) she he had was the same one she had but killing the professor i was like oh my god I felt like there were a lot of similarities between Harry Potter and it, more reminiscent. Like it reminded me a lot of Harry well, Potter. Well, they scenes. like advertise it as, oh, if you like Harry a Potter, sexy. like this is like a sexy version of Harry Potter. And I think she's even been like trying to get Malfoy to read it. Why am I Tom to read it? I would That'd be great. die for him to read this book. So while they're at the tower, Orion takes back the stardust and he's like, you know, if you guys aren't Faye, you know, you can leave, but you need to like figure out your own way to leave. And so he basically talks her out of it and so that kind of starts some of the Darcy like there had already been tension between them and book one but I think in book two it really starts to flourish and so there's the other scene where the FIB is investigating the fire in Darius's room and so they're going through floor by floor you know interrogating inspecting all of the students rooms and so Orion joins that manhunt because he's looking for the draining dagger which really becomes an issue in book three and four but essentially it's one of the things that Tori ended up stealing from Darius's room when she stole all his gold and so they're in air tower searching they start searching the hallway that 
Darcy's room is in. First of all, Orion's like all up in her business wondering who she's texting with. He also makes a little joke because by that point he had told her what she needed to do to regrow back her hair. The FIB agent was like, oh, do you have any contraband in your room? And she's like, no. And so he was like, not yet. And so at the same time, he noticed that she was texting, what's his face? Diego. And so she's texting him and she's like, hey, you want to come with me to get these supplies for my hair? And so... Orion clearly gets a little territorial um, and he's actually really mean to Diego in the search for Diego's room and he breaks the box of special trinkets that Diego has that his grandmother had made him. And so And that comes to be an important, alludes to something more important there that comes to pass in later books. Yeah. In books three and five So not just a throwaway, that scene had a purpose. And so... Wasn't Francesca there too? Yeah, she's there. Cyclops. Orion's Nebula ally. Oh, well, that's important to talk about, actually, if I can interrupt you there, because we learn about three kinds, you know, you've got your magic, you've got your elements, but we also learn about three different kinds of relationships that exist. Star bonds. Mm -hmm. Star bonds. So you've got your Nebula allies, your adversarial- Astral adversaries. Yeah. Yeah, that one. (laughs) For some reason, my brain cannot think of to put those words in right order. And then you have your Elysian mates. So as the name implies, some of those are helpful, like your astral adversary. That is a person in your life who's supposed to help you the most and will always help Opposite. you. Oh. Yeah. Right. Adversary. <laughs> adversary. Your astral adversary is going to have your back. Then you have it's your legion to mate. stab you. Yeah. It's, it's like your worst enemy. <laughs> like your star bond with oh this God, person really is. screwing this up. Like, let's talk about it and then completely mess up every definition. <laughs> Basically, this person's role, if they are deemed your, what is it, astral? Astral adversary. adversary. You guys are going to constantly be in <laughs> conflict. It is written in the stars that they are your number one enemy and they will always be out to get you. And that's basically And the stars will bring end. you guys back together throughout life to combat each other. So you're never quite free of each other, I guess. Then you have your Elysian mates, which the stars have faded. This is your one special true love in all the world. It's very rare that that happens, but um, it's, it's noted with a silver ring around your irises. So you know, people will know that you are mated to your... Uh, Elysian mm-hmm. mate. And, and if you we reject your, that mate, you get a bond. black ring around your eyes. Right. And so because you will always so be longing rare. for them. Right. And the stars, you know, basically fit and find the person for you. And you guys are meant to have long lives together full of love. Now, if you reject that bond, that is basically a big fuck you to the stars and they really punish you for it. So they're going to make you want this person and then do everything in their power from earthquakes, tsunamis, earth shattering lightning strikes to keep you from coming together so this is also marked by a black ring in your iris and this is very scandalous that this happens i think it rarely happens it's very rare it's rare to find your mate but it's even rarer to reject the bond there's only ever been like two instances of it in history and it's just it's not good right then you have your nebula ally, which is this is now this is the person that's going to have your back and will help you through life. So the stars have chosen this person to be your accomplice, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so going back to the scene between Orion and the FIB, they like break Diego's box. He's obviously really upset about it, and so he starts confronting Orion. And so Orion's being a douche, which he was, and he's reading from. 
Diego's diary. Oh, uh, I forgot about this. I know, where Diego is using to practice his fey English or whatever. And he's confessing that he has a thing for Sophia. And he's basically talking out loud all his inner thoughts. And so Darcy gets pissed and so she like confronts him. And they have a little tiff in the hallway, which apparently is super normal because Orion then grabs her and feeds from her because she is still his source. But he like holds his mouth to her neck just a little bit too long and she likes it just a little bit too much they're not fully mad about it yeah so that was the first scene there's this other scene where what happened so after the whole incident with darcy getting her hair cut off there's like all these Facebook posts and random stuff happens and i think tyler corbin steps in and like defends darcy via like facebook post and so seth love a good tyler corbin facebook oh my god post. The facebook post they're so good they're so good seth gets pissed about something that tyler says and he was like i'm coming after you and so darcy is going to her liaison with orion and she runs into seth and his wolf pack beating up Tyler for whatever Tyler had said in the Facebook post. I can't remember specifically what it was. They start chasing Darcy. And so Darcy's like, holy fuck, I have an entire wolf Wolf pack pack. after me, including Kylie stirring the pot because Kylie's a bitch. And so she's running and she doesn't know what's happening when all of a sudden somebody pulls her in through a doorway and is holding her against him. And he's like, don't say anything. And so Orion steps in and saves her from the wolf pack but he also gets a little touchy and handsy not that she's complaining um in this closet that he pulls her into and when she like goes to uh, basically talk to him about it while they're in the closet he's like move and he like basically denies that the whole thing happened so he's really playing on this asshole card that he got down here but also like any opportunity that presents itself he's handsy with her yeah absolutely not mad about it Oh, she's obviously she's not. But she's he, not complaining. What do you complain? He's a softened asshole around her, so, which sounds actually very gross. <laughs> but what I mean is <laughs> I mean his asshole <laughs> exterior, which is not making this better. <laughs> his jerkness. It's clear that Orion has a soft spot. Thank for you. Her. <laughs> he's not as much of an asshole to her. And not- not necessarily in his asshole either. <laughs> I'm done. I can't even say the, the star bonds correctly. <laughs> You're not editing that out. You're leaving that in. <laughs> no, I leave it in. There's That's this a other. Ride. Ugh. Okay, so then this is one of my favorite scenes. I remember I used the scene specifically to get you guys to be interested in book two because you guys were kind of stuck on book one because book one is pretty heavy. When we talked about it last week, I even feel like we glossed over it a little bit just because it's it's. Tough. I agree. It's just tough to rehash again because there's so many little shitty things they do. It's like a thousand paper cuts. When you look yeah. at them individually, they're not terrible, but the, the sum of them are really painful and hurtful. But I think the end too is just – the end yeah, is rough. Even the ending, like when I did my rereads for the last book that came out, I just kind of like skimmed right over it, boomed, went yeah. on to the next one. Me too. Straight it's in a just... barbecued astrum and then we're all good. <laughs> exactly. They start their astrology classes in the Earth Observatory, which are at night. And so the first night that they have them, Darcy has her liaison with Orion. After their liaison, she's like, he's like, oh, I'll walk you back to Air Tower. And she's like, oh, no, I'm going to the observatory 
because I have my first class. And he's like, oh, well, I'm headed that way. And so let me go with you. And she's like, okay, weird. So when they get over there, oh, God, why is he starting? That's Toby, everybody. He's also talking about Darcy and Orion. How I was about to say, he, he really them. likes the scene, too. He's like, yeah. meow, Orion. It's like, <laughs> like that's my future daddy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so when they get to Earth Observatory, she feels like she's going to turn around and say bye to Orion and they kind of like have this weird moment that's not weird and he's like okay bye and so he goes back the way that they came and she was like why did he lie to me about escorting me to class so whatever they go to class um this is the class where they learn about the star bonds um they also learn that their teacher i cannot remember her name right now is like a major royalist and the supporter of the ass it's the teacher that did their awakening i'm gonna google it real quickly okay i remember who you're talking about but i can't remember the name I can't remember her name right now. So anyways, class ends. Um, Zenith. There we go. Professor Zenith. Class ends. Oh, during the class, she makes Darcy and Tori eat. Like a picnic from, up front? Yeah. She makes them. She basically gives them a charcuterie board and a bunch of like champagne. And they're like, hell yeah. So anyways, Darcy drinks a little bit too much. And so she's kind of lightheaded. And she's leaving with Diego to go back to Air Tower when she realizes that she le- she left her atlas upstairs. Um, atlas, so she tells, I don't know if we talked about that before. Did we talk about it? I don't think so. I think we skipped right into Facebook. But an atlas is their phone. It's, it's, it's like, like their an phone. Apple phone. It's like a phone slash iPad. Like iPhone. I feel like. Yeah. Yes. It's exactly. It's it's their communication tool, which is either really big or really small, but whatever. <laughs> Faye. Unclear. <laughs> Well, the and first so, book they like described it as like being more like iPad, but then suddenly they were able to stick it in their pockets, and I pocket. was like, "How big yeah. is this thing?" Well, I think somebody there's a, is there a galaxy or an android that like folds that in folds? half? I've seen that theory as well, which I think is valid, but I only use Apple products, so yeah. don't talk Just about like Samsung. That swill, right? Um, so she goes back to Earth Observatory and she takes the elevator up to the classroom, and she realizes that. She realizes that she's like being followed and somebody's there so she finds her atlas battery's dead and then um she hears this terrible rattling and so she realizes that there's potentially a nymph in the elevator or the classroom with her and so she manages to get the elevator to come up she jumps in it she like throws some vines in front of it but definitely there was a nymph there so she gets back downstairs and she gets off the elevator and orion is there and he's like what happened and she's like there's a nymph up there so he goes upstairs to investigate by the time he gets there the nymph is gone they think that the nymph has escaped through like the hole in the roof again it's an observatory and so he comes back downstairs and he basically starts laying into her he does call nova though principal nova so they can start a manhunt for the nymph but anyways he starts laying into her he's like i told you not to be alone especially at dark after campus like why didn't you listen to me you know if you're not going to listen to me i'm going to start assigning you know, a bodyguard to you or whatever. And she's like, well, I thought that's what you were doing. And so he like grabs her, throws her over his shoulder and vampire speeds it back to air tower and drops her off. And so and but this he's is like, you're getting up to the don't look back. Yeah. He's like, listen to me next time, kid or something. He says the word kid. And she's like, don't call me a kid. Just because I'm at the school and I wear this uniform doesn't mean I'm a kid. Like I'm 18 years old. I've been taking care of myself most of my life. And so then he's going to leave for the nymph hunt. And she's like, be careful. And he's like, stop looking at me like that and she's like 
what? He's like, stop looking at me like that. I'm your professor. And so she's really irritated with him and like his really wishy-washy behavior. And she's like, well, stop looking back, Lance. And then she like storms back into the tower. It's so good. It's so good. I could talk about this scene for like the next 15 minutes. <laughs> it is I, like, really did not good. do it justice. I think you did it. You did it good. You did it good. So it really sets up a lot of the tension that kind of comes to a head where she realizes and he realizes that they are both kind of into each other and all the problems that that would cause. Yeah. But and of course, they're still drawn problematic. to each other. They're super a good, like, they're multiple tropes. They're like age gap. They're student professor, forbidden love. Grumpy sunshine is the biggest one for me. And, you know, these moments are where they're like. Grumpy sunshine is a trope? Yeah. I didn't you know didn't that. You didn't know this? No, I've never heard that used ever. What? Girl, welcome. I, I guess. Learn something new every day from I guess it also, is them. Or just you guys. And it's just, it's really like, you know, it's funny that you said the tropes, Bridget, because I never, I think, sat down and analyzed all of the tropes that their relationship covers. Um, it's a lot. Also, vampire and person providing them blood. <laughs> vampire and source. I feel like that's a trope. We Twilight. know what you like. <laughs> Better love story than Twilight. True. Remember that Darius has told Tori or convinced Tori that she needs to show up at this event that his parents are hosting. And so when they go to the event, it's weird, obviously, for the twins because there are royalists in the crowd, but there's a bunch of fae and all the fae are just interested in like power and like what you can do for me, whatever. And so they're at the party. They're having a pretty terrible time, including accidentally falling for Gus Velpecula, who's a Tamishan fox, and he's a reporter for the, whatever, the trashy, Celestial. the Celestial Times, yes, for that trashy newspaper that prints lies about the twins all the time. And so- Lionel um, has them in the back pocket, by the way. Exactly. And so whatever, Orion scares him off at some point. Some point in the evening, Darcy is like wandering around the huge ass Acrux Manor, and she hears Lionel, so she, like, tries to hide behind a statue to avoid Lionel. Because, you know, probably not a good idea to run into Lionel in his house when it sounds like he's in a bad mood. And so... Or in any she, mood. Who wants really, to be with him? Ah, uh, stupid, overgrown, fat iguana. That's what I'm going to name the iguanas in the back of my house. <laughs> That's a Tory quote, by the way. Very good Tory quote. So Orion hears her because she drops her clutch on the floor. And... When he's about to get the story from her about like why she's hiding behind this random statue, they run into his mother, Stella, and Stella is drunk and she's being weird because Stella is weird. Basically, all you this time- You think she's like, weird? I think she's a bitch. Well, Stella is, she's a toxic mother. Um, she's been having an affair with Lionel forever. And this is where we learn about Clara, who's Orion's sister. What else? There's a lot. There's so much that happens in this book. Yeah. But we learned about Clara- Orion's sister, who essentially went missing about four years ago, and that plays on later in books three and four. But Stella is trying to basically, you know, get him to share her his source, which is Darcy, and he's obviously being protective over Darcy. Finally, they get Stella to leave after some harsh words in between them, and she's like, "Hey, how do I get out of here?" Because she needs a breather, and he was already on his way out. So they yeah. walk through the mansion, and he leads her to the pool which is where he had spent so many summers growing up. So he's very fond of this area. He gives her a beverage and then he's like, suddenly, I guess the stars are making no, him. No, wait, wait, wait. Ah, I forgot this part from earlier. Okay. 
earlier in the book, Seth has been wearing Darcy's hair around his wrist as a braid because as a bracelet because he's an asshole. And there's this whole confrontation in the orb where Seth is picking on Diego and Darcy goes to defend Diego and Seth automatically like smacks her in the face when he was like going to go punch Diego, which was kind of Darcy's fault because again, the confrontation between Seth and Diego was fey on fey. And whenever something's like fey on fey, you let them hash it out. Fey on fey is a fair fight. Yeah. You don't like insert yourself as that's happening. Orion shows up because it's happening over breakfast, tells everybody to get the hell out of the orb and go to class. And then he goes and he basically attacks Seth. I keep wanting to call him Caleb. He attacks Seth, throws him up against the wall, breaks his nose. And he's like, this bracelet is an Academy approved wear. I'm tired of you parading it around. And so he like takes Darcy's hair bracelet, which again, is weird. super weird when you think Um, about it. Back to the pool scene. Orion makes her the drink. He has his drink and he goes and he sits next to her. And he's like, I have something for you. And he gives her her hair bracelet back. And she, he's like, I know that you would eventually like gotten this back for yourself, but I took a lot of pleasure in getting it back for you. And so she's just kind of like, why'd you do that though? The fight was supposed to be like fey on fey. And so earlier, a couple scenes or a couple seconds earlier, when he gave her the drink, he's like, has anybody told you how beautiful you look tonight, Darcy? And she's like, no, sir, nobody has. And so he's like, yeah, don't do that. So anyways, it's just the two of them by the pool. And Orion finishes his drink. He gets up and he like starts stripping. Darcy's like, uh, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I don't like parties, but I like swimming. And so, okay. What a man. I don't like parties, but I like swimming. Here's your hair bracelet. (laughs) Really just how to woo a woman. (laughs) So he jumps into the pool. And so he's spending quite a bit of time underwater. And so Darcy's like, uh, what's going on? And so she gets close to the surface and he breaks the surface of the pool and he like pulls her in and he brings her into like this, I guess, underwater spot. Yeah. That he has built under the pool. That's like really beautiful and it's impressive because it shows like his air and water magic and so she's totally awed by it even though she's like soaking wet and so he's like there's a million reasons up there why we can't be together he basically starts confessing you know how he feels about her and so she like touches his face and she's like lance and then they just have like this really hot makeout session like really hot and um, even talk, you're like, and she touches his face. She touches his face, touches his dimple because he has a cute dimple on his cheek. I like that, she remembers specifically that the dimple on top of Her everything. He has a dimple. Is impressive. Um, just, he is, he's my favorite book boyfriend ever. So, anyways, they have this hot makeout session, which they eventually have to stop because it's super inappropriate for them to have a relationship. He could go to prison because of it because it's really frowned upon student teacher stuff just for the record Toby she goes really frowned me. upon no it is the law that students and teachers cannot fraternize <laughs> you can't see us but Bridget and i already made a face of that and yeah not only she's not just a regular student homegirl's a princess to the exactly the throne to what is she's a, i was gonna say to the throne but then i was like kingdom as she's well an heir to the throne an heir. so yeah 
So they stop to kiss and he's like, you know how, you know, this never happened and you know how it has to be. And so they leave the party and then they don't see each other again until the pit ball match. So let's go back to Tori and Darius, though. I was going to say, we got to get some Tori and Darius some love here. As we know, Tori has burned down Darius's room and he has to spend a few days. we're glossing that over a little bit because when we say burned down like to the ashes and then stole his treasure, which dragons need gold and treasure to replenish their magic. So she didn't just harm him by taking the shiny things like she harmed his ability to replenish his magic and be the fearsome dragon that he is which is part of his whole persona basically and really chaps his ass basically yeah and even nobody messes with a dragon nobody messes with him and so, so the, the fact dragon that dragon someone- temper tantrum that ensues from this Room being burned down and his precious, his precious, his precious treasures being taken. It, it's something it's a to big read. Deal. Yeah, <laughs> something. To oh read. my god! Didn't like when everyone saw the fire is happening. Like they ran up to the room to see what was going on, and Tori was there, just kind of like stepping back, trying to observe. And they um major was it Kylie or one of Marguerite, them? Marguerite was like, was like, you need to help, help him. him, and she's like, fuck no, yeah. Why would I help him? But. Yeah, it was an entire scene. Well worth it. Excellent scene. Um, and it's also worth noting Milton, who, and this is getting a little bit more into the girl's revenge, but Milton, who is set up for the prank, is one of the ones who circulated her naked picture when she was first going through the trials or the First initiated into will. the house. Yes. Um, and put that on Facebook everywhere. So she's like, this is a little payback on payback. So I'm getting Darius back for being a giant jerk. And I'm getting you back for being a little shit for posting my naked picture on Facebook and being like, well, no big deal. We all get naked. So it's a little bit of extra sweet revenge there. You know what? I'm not as well attuned to Tori and Darius's relationship as I am. I had a to- feeling this is going to happen. Like 35 Darcy. minutes on Darcy and Orion. <laughs> touches his dimple. Um, <laughs> So, well, remember also at the same time that Tori kind of has a relationship with Caleb going on because she's Caleb's source. And so Caleb is trying to still keep her as his source. But Caleb, out of all the heirs, is probably the one that understands that, you know, they've all fucked with them just a little too hard and they cross the line just a bit much. And so Tori's trying to avoid Caleb at the same time but they kind of come to an understanding where they play this game where Caleb gives her a head start and then he basically chases her he's supposed to do it without using his vampire activities which by the way is a big no-no because you're not supposed to encourage vampires to hunt you because it could cause them to get lost in their bloodlust but whatever, Tori's right, never so been kind one of to already follow the rules. The boundaries. And so, you know, they have that going on. I and- think before this, wasn't she like running from Margarita and Kylie? Is it Margarita? No, it's not Margarita. Yeah, it's Margarita and Marguerite. Kylie. Yes, in book one, in book one, they had a hookup session in the classroom. Oh, was that book one? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that was book two. No, Don't book one. Um, okay. It was the only like major smut in book one. So they definitely have some like little side thing going on. Yeah. 
And it's worth um, noting very early on any attention that Caleb gives to Tori, Darius is annoyed about. Visibly annoyed, irritated. He tries to kind of get him back to like, don't forget, we have to kick them out. Like, this is part of our thing. But he really just wants him to stop paying attention to her so he can give her all the attention. Even exactly. though he doesn't want to admit it to himself, he's very torn on this. And so he <laughs> displays his love and maybe big crush on just being a giant shithead to her the entire time. Yeah. Absolutely. Understatement of the century, but yeah. Big shit. So as we mentioned, Darius shows up one day at Tori's room and he's like, hey, I have an invitation to a party for you. And Tori's like, that's nice. I'm not going. And so they basically have an argument about it. And Tori finally agrees to go if Darius shows up for the fire power tutoring that he's supposed to be giving her. And so he's like, fine, okay, I'll even be nice to you one night too. And we won't argue and whatever. So their first time at the fire arena, Tori's not wearing the fire suit because she thinks it inhibits her magic. And so Darius is like, okay, it's like your skin. But then he realizes, oh, you know, she has much better control over her firepower than when she is wearing the suit. So essentially during the session, there's a lot of Tori and Darius build up. He gets handsy. He gets handsy with her under the guise of, oh, because they have to power share. So for power share, there needs to be like skin to skin connection, which Are is mostly sure that's not in the first book because I remember no, reading this book. That. Is it? It's this book. It's mostly it happens in book three, too. It's mostly people power share while holding hands, but she needs both hands to manipulate the magic. So he starts holding onto her waist because she's only wearing leggings in a sports bra, which is typical Tory outfit because she was running before this. And so they start this little game between each other as they're practicing of like who can, you know, distract the other person. I don't want to say distract, but he was kind of trying to like get under her. So he like takes his hand and it goes from her waist and like he shoves it into her waistband and like just grazes her underwear to get her to like drop her magic. Um, Come on, um, like this is where the buildup starts. And she's like, yeah, Oh, two can play this game. So she like bumps back into him and like grinds up on him and he's trying to focus. And this, these are like the moments where Darius is finally like, oh, she's got me. She's got me good. And then two seconds yeah. later, the kid's fucking switches like a psychopath. And he's like, I hate her and I can't be with her. She's like, blah, blah, blah. Darius has a lot going on in his head. Darius has a lot going on because he's been raised by a monster. So that party that he invites her to, it's a party at his parents' house. A, yeah. a crux manner. Oh wait, I do. I do want to mention one last thing between their power sharing fire session. One, Tori discovers it's hard to power share with him because you need to trust somebody to power share with them, and obviously there's no trust there. But two, he finds out about her love of motorcycles mm-hmm. and riding, um, which comes into play later. Okay, that was it. Back to the party. Back to the party. <laughs> so, I feel like when they show up. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say when they show up, like he's actually being nice to her and looking out for her. Like another moment where he's actually caring about Tori without physically showing because he's like, you need to stop riling up my dad because you don't know what's going to happen. He's trying to protect her. Yeah. So that's one of the things that Darius tells her before they get to the party. He's like, listen, you know, you can talk to me however you want. You cannot talk to my dad that way. Right, because we, we learn, and this is probably a spoiler, but for later in the book, but we know that Lionel's an asshole, and he uses his physical abilities to insert his will, it basically beats the crap out of his children and tortures them to get them to do what he wants them to do. 
And so Darius is warning to that, warning her of that because he's had to sit through many beatings that Lance through the guardian bond has had to come back, get him and heal him. So he says this not just to be nice, like, hey, you know, my dad's kind of a jerk, but like also no, he can do some serious damage to you. I don't want to see you get hurt that badly. Cool it of the taunting. So Tori and Darius are kind of getting along at the party. Oh, we also meet Mildred. <gasps> oh, and we also meet Xavier. Yes. So we meet Mildred, Darius. Grizzly woman. <laughs> Darius's fiance, who's just scary. And One, they're also a- cousins. They're second cousins. And so he's betrothed to her because obviously she's a dragon. And Lionel has this dragon first philosophy that he likes to employ because there aren't that many dragons so darius can only marry a dragon so that he and his dragon wife can have dragon babies carry um, on the mildred bloodline is hideous both physically and characteristically her yeah. personality sucks she's an ogre she's, woman she's got a unibrow they describe her as being bulky like muscular she too many favorites and this, like, she have like a stash that she's very proud of yeah she has an underbite and a mole. <laughs> I really just hair. I feel mole. like the mole like might even sprout some hair. I yeah. think it does. <laughs> and so she's oh, really, you know really not attractive. You know how I picture, even though this person is like a lot older. You guys remember the, like the original Matilda, uh huh, with mm-hmm. the principal that forced the kids to eat the the cake, the like chocolate cake. Do you remember that scene? Like the principal had like a mole. I'm gonna have to look this up and show you guys. I I, I believe you. I never watched Matilda. Caitlin. I know, I know. I always me thought it was either. really sad. The parts that I did see, like, it really made me upset as a child because, like, his par- her parents were so mean to her and, like, she just wanted to read and she had Miss Honey. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's what I picture. But no, but, like, what's your face is even more hideous than that. Yeah. It, it would be very hard to, like, match that. <laughs> but yeah. Just overall so, horrible. So, anyways. Darius is actually being really nice to Tori. And so at one point they're like dancing. She does meet Xavier and he's really impressed by her because she turns down Darius to dance like a couple of times. And so Xavier is like, oh, hey, you need to find her some food. So he like takes her to one of the side kitchens, feeds her because, of course, she's just been drinking this entire time um, and hasn't really been eating. And so they're talking and yeah, she tells Darius off about being a snob. And he's like, what? Because he didn't say thank you when like the servant came and brought them their sandwiches. And she did. And she was like, dude, just because these fae have less power than you doesn't mean, you know, you can't say thank you to them. Whatever. He decides to take her to see his motorcycle collection, which really impresses her. And she considers writing one of them but then Lionel comes he basically insults her and this is the second time he insinuates that Darius is fucking her but he's outright rude to her in front of her face so she insults him back calling him an overgrown iguana which is awesome with anger management issues something like that so Lionel is furious and Darius can see it in his eyes and so Darius basically steps in and he's like hey don't pay attention to her Clearly, she and her sister are savages. They're not worth it. And so Lionel's like, go back to the party. And he was like, no, like, don't use lose your temper on her, whatever. But Lionel ends up basically forgetting about Tori. And he takes Darius upstairs to beat him up, which is actually the precursor to the scene with Orion and Darcy. So Tori gets, I guess, lost walking around the mansion. She runs into Caleb. Caleb's hey. like... 
hey, let's go hunting. She's like, fine. So he like chases her into what is first Lionel's office and she avoids being caught. But then they end up in this random game room and start making out. And then they have sex for the first time. As Bridget put in the chat, sexy, sexy in the manner. (laughs) Yep. On the pool table. And so it's a pretty pretty hot, sexy time scene. You know, the first time I read it, all for it. Now that I know. uh, Now that we know more. Now that we know more. Poor Darius getting That's a pretty in-depth of the girls' relationships for the two we have. Meeting some of those side characters. Lionel, the fucking monster that we hate, 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 hate. Above all evil villains in the book talk world that we've met. But there is a shining light because as we spend more time with Lionel, on the flip side, we get more time with Geraldine Gruss, who helps the girls lay out their pranks. And she kind of comes off in book one as kind of like a stage five clinger, like a goody two shoes here to help the princesses whatever they need and get their buttery bagels and their fresh coffees every morning. But she really becomes a, a woman down for some mischief. And she helps, like you said earlier, Hilda, get the Max's jersey for Pitball to help get him all itchy and irritated for the game. And she's down, down and to she help helps them with bury the treasure, doesn't she? She helps tort. Tori buried the treasure the first time. And so Geraldine's the president of, I guess, the ass club. And she's just, she's just great. She's a badass within her own right. She's a powerful Cerberus. I think she has two elements, mostly. I think she has earth and water. I think so. But she's a, she's a major royalist. We also meet her dad in this book, Hamish. He's actually the one who tells the girls about Clara Orion, who was uh, Orion's sister who went missing. And now there is a whole subplot going throughout this whole book as well, because in the last book we have tarot cards that Ashram is leaving for the girls as Starfall to help guide them with information they need to know. And the same is happening throughout this book as well, which seems like a major plot point we should talk up on. But oh yeah, that's basically well, you know, what you need to know. I feel like, so yes, the tarot cards up until a certain point are really relevant to the story, but then like they die off. But yes, essentially, uh, to Caitlin's point, he keeps sending them messages even after he has passed. And it seems more like somebody has set up the girls to receive these random messages that can clue them into what happened to their parents. That's essentially what's happening in book two until we get to the pitball match. Now, do we want to so, circle back quickly on the girls' revenge? So we lightly talked on it. Is there anything more you want to talk about it? So we had the girls setting up because we talked about how Seth is a werewolf and likes to have big werewolf orgies with his pack and so the girls you know figure out the one thing that would annoy him the most is separating him from his pack also very not territorial but they really depend on each other and they're constantly need that that source of attention and touch and so their biggest revenge is to use a not Aquarius moonstone I was like a moonstone I couldn't think it was like moon gem to give him fleas and because these fleas are basically like the human version of lice and no one in his pack wants to touch him i think he has to go to like special bath cleanses to get rid of the flea bath they get a flea dip in book three it goes through his entire entire pack and they have ostracized him for it because they don't want to be associated with that so that's how they got their revenge back on seth and he's 
really mopey and droopy about it and takes it out on the, the heirs because he needs that extra love and attention and cuddles from them. And they're like, dude, get off. <laughs> but I feel like all of their pranks, even though they seem kind of superficial, they all hit them where it hurts. Mm-hmm. It really hurts their egos. Right. And now with Caleb, I think it was my favorite one. The horny for the oh horn God. because horny for the horn continues I feel like for at least the next four books, mentions, references to that randomly will come back in Facebook posts that may I not touch on this. I Tale and it was still referenced in it. And so it's just such a good prank that really has a lot of lives and they really make him suffer for it I- because with these airs, image is everything. And so the image of him in the hallway with his towel down and of course everyone as luck would have it are right there. Tyler Corbin snapping the pictures for the Facebook posts and it's it really really picked up steam lots of lols (laughs) from reading that because Facebook posts as the story continues and they have random events that pop up you know everyone keeps joking like oh well we see those face those pegasuses over there better watch out caleb he's horny for the horn (laughs) i love that they really like just troll everybody on Facebook. They do, and it makes part of the storytelling even funnier because we've said it was hilarious. So we've talked about Darius's revenge. We've talked about Seth. We've talked about Max's, who I feel like was a little glossed over as much. He didn't get as bad, only because we don't spend enough time, I think, with Max in this book. Yeah, I feel like Max really – we don't really know that much. Well, we know him as, like, just his the main siren. character. We don't really yeah. get to know him, know him until later, until later. on. But basically, <sighs> the the don't sirens also, like – absorb their um, like power through like touching people to like soak up their emotion so him his skin's already super sensitive and when you add on the i'm gonna i keep thinking it's nincompoop but it's not (laughs) the griffin shit (laughs) it really just you know makes him all itchy when we talk about sirens sirens there's a quote from professor washer that kind of sums up his perviness and the use of a siren so as he's teaching them he says i want you all to pair up use the notes on your atlas to do a palm reading of each other one's lifelines if you discover you are doomed to die tomorrow please take your willing into the hallway where i will come and comfort you he's so he's creepy, so creepy. <laughs> such a jerk so creepy it's also worth noting that the the heirs do a little bit revenge back on Tori and basically spread a rumor that she's a sex addict throughout this. And I just say this because she had some great lines. She handled it with all the badassery that we would expect from her. Yeah. Someone with and that it wasn't, it wasn't the heirs. It was technically Gus Velpecula. Oh, the, right, right, right. The um, the writer report. for the Celestial Times. So Darcy um, is, was she like insane or something? Darcy talks to, to ravens that are not there. And Gus says that basically he's been told that Tori has a sex addiction and she has sex with like multiple partners every night. Um, Good for her. And so there's a couple of times I think where like Marguerite calls her a whore and (laughs) Tori's like, Tori's like, "Um, it's a sex addiction and you shouldn't make fun of stuff like that. Right. And Um, then you have someone else say, hey, if you need someone to help you through your sex addiction, you know, PM me on Facebook. And she's like, it only involves sex with hot people. So no thanks. She's so snarky. I love it. She is. She handles it. I think I would love to think that I'd have the wittiness to handle it like that. And I I don't know if I would. So I loved that. It added to that witty banter that's seen throughout. All right. um, So to bring us home, I think we covered everything we want to talk about so far. Oh, one last thing. Pitfall. She goes with covered it. Well, it leads us into the final, the big ending of this book is the giant pitball tournament 
that ha- or not pickle tournament. It's just a game just that the happened match. Yeah. between you think you said it was Starlight Academy and obviously Zodiac, Zodiac Academy. Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, but Pitball is again we saw do a lot of similarities between Zodiac and Harry Potter. So think that this is the Quidditch of Harry of Zodiac Academy. So this is a game involving basically four sections of a of a field soccer pitch. Right, where you've got different elements. So you've got an earth corner, an air corner, a water corner, a fire corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a ball can come up through either one of those corners. And the object is to get that ball into a, a goal. You've got keepers. You've got seekers. Only because I don't remember all the different positions. You've got the bludgeoners. Like, they're, they're, all the positions <laughs> are there. <laughs> yeah, so there's offense and defense. And who's going after the golden snitch here? <laughs> right. The point is to so, get the ball when it shoots out of like its elemental corner into the pit, right? Which is and in I'd the say middle. it's kind of like the college football equivalent. So you can it's go like, yeah. from college into major leagues, which is like the major league pitballs, pitball uh, leagues. That they the Solarian Pitball League, which is what Lance had wanted. Oh, to I knew do you were gonna before. say. For <laughs> I was like, should I say it now or should I just wait for her to say it? Yeah, <laughs> for so Lionel derailed his career. Right, so he was the rising pitball star, uh, the envy of everyone at every school because everyone knew he'd be turning pro and it was only a matter of time, which was ripped from him when he was forced to become Darius's guardian through the forced guardian bond. Mm -hmm. And he was forced to become a teacher to be close to Darius. So he's bitter. That's part of why he's a giant asshole because he's just bitter about how his life turned out. And Poor guy. I know. I get it, but also poor guy. Can't blame him. So that's... That's the big game that's happening on campus during and which there's, for lack of a better word, a huge nymph attack. So Hilda, bring us through what happens. So at the end of the game, um, Zodiac loses, which is a crushing defeat. Obviously, the heirs are humiliated and the girls end up awarding the, the winner's medals at the end of the game. And so the I guess the captain of the other pitball team, his name is Quentin, and he was like, "Hey, you girls should come hang out with us after, you know, this game come party with us at Starlight." Darius is like, "Yeah, no, they're not going anywhere." And so he also says something along the facts of like, "Oh, maybe, you know, after we've humiliated the heirs like this, maybe you guys should take the throne." And so the girls are, you know, are joking back and they're like, yeah, maybe we should. Well, the heirs at that point hear them and like gang up on them and the girls get a good hidden, but essentially the boys manifest all their powers and they throw them into the pit ball pit to kind of be stuck down there. So while the girls are stuck down there, they hear all the screaming and we realize that there's this terrible nymph attack that's happening. And so there's about 50 nymphs that have arrived and they're wreaking terror on the stadium. And so one jumps into the pit to go after the girls and to suck their power. But Tori and Darcy get out. As they get out, they see Orion flying on Dragon Darius. And so Orion comes and basically lands in front of them. And, you know, they're fighting the nymphs. And Orion's trying to protect the twins. He has this big sword that eventually gets, like, smacked out of his hand. And so one of the nymphs is reaching out with his probe to basically suck his power and so Darcy starts freaking out and she unleashes this weird blue and red fire which is not like her element fire it's something completely different and so Orion was like whoa what was that because clearly he's gonna die because Darcy smoked the nymph 
And she's like, I don't know. I was hoping you would tell me. So he like grabs her. He's like trying to get her out of the stadium, but she refuses to go. She's like, I'm not leaving Tori. She destroys like some other nymph. And so he's like, show me what you got, Blue. And so together they Heart start explodes. fighting against the nymphs. Right. What were you say? Noting her I elemental- my heart exploded at that moment when he said that. Yes. Because I don't think elemental magic can burn a nymph, right? No. No, the fire magic, well... I don't think it can. Like That's it- what's so powerful about this weird blue and red fire that comes out of her because it it basically barbecues them instantly. Like Yeah. Dragon fire can. Nymph. I guess Dragon maybe, fire can. Yeah. Maybe regular fire like injures them the way that the other elements can. Mm-hmm. But so anyways, they start fighting together. And so they realize as they're fighting together that they're power sharing, which again, as we mentioned earlier, it's really weird to power share with someone. It's not that common to do it easily. And so it just happens very naturally between Darcy and Orion. We also have Tori and Darius essentially fighting together. And so Darius is in his big dragon form, you know, using his tail to like smack away the nymphs you know, using his fire to like burn them up. But eventually a group of nymphs gangs up on him and get on his back and basically start um, ripping into his skin. And so he gets really injured and he's trying to save Tori and like nudge her away. But she's like, I'm not going to leave you. And she goes, you know, on top of his back to like fight the nymphs. Eventually Darius is so injured that he transforms back into his fae form and he's bleeding out and Tori starts freaking out. She's crying. She's like, you can't leave me. Orion, through the guardian bond, senses that something's wrong with Darius. And so he races over to like heal him. And But he's basically tapped out of magic. Obviously, he used it all in fighting the nymphs. And so Tori's like, here, use mine. And so she power shares with Orion so Orion can save Darius. Um, and so he's able to heal Darius of all of his wounds. And so then essentially Darius is like, oh, you guys have proven yourself. But he don't, he didn't totally mean it as a compliment. He was also like a little threatened by it. But then essentially that's how book two ends. And I guess Darcy was like, what just happened here? And so Orion was like, the nymphs have just attacked the children of the most <laughs> elite school in Solaria. I think the nymphs just declared war. Um, and that is how book two ends. Book two Crazy ends. Ending. Crazy. So much happens. Lots of emotions too. Right. Because you sort of get that really tense, sad moment from Darius and Tori. And she's saying, don't leave me. And she's worried about him. And you kind of get this little soft moment before he pulls himself back together and realizes, A, they are insanely powerful. B, she just kind of told me she likes me a little bit. And also, D, where was I? Three? <laughs> that yes, that they're they were just attacked. Like what just happened in the last 15 minutes of of the end of this game? And it really ends book two with a bang. Not the bang yeah. we like to see, but yeah, a bang. Yeah, not the bang we like to see, but it'd be weird to end with that. I mean, I would take it anyway. Uh so yeah, that concludes book two of Ruthless Faye. Now, you, if you're wondering, did Hilda like this book? I mean, come on. No, I mean, not that much. She apparently only liked the parts with Lance in it. 
She couldn't like, remember so the, Darcy, the, rest of the, book? the Tory and Darius part. I was like, oh, wait, they're in this book too. And they also have a blossoming relationship. <laughs> I think it's safe to say all – everyone in this book. So you're trying to jump around from different POVs a little bit more than you did in the first book. And everyone's relationships sort of blossom a little bit. They get to know each other more. There's more banter back and forth. We get more interactions between them. And I think everyone is sort of warming up to each other, but also feeling each other out and keeping them at a distance. Unless you're a Caleb and Tori, which case you're just feeling up. And not yeah. Out. Um, sources with benefits. That's what that is. <laughs> sources with benefits. I mean, that would be Hilda's shirt dream, right? Right. Sources with benefits. I will be Lance Ryan's source with benefits any day. We know it's the truth. We, it's we okay. We know it's the truth. So, what do we have coming up next? You ask. Well, that would be book three in Zodiac Academy. Uh, again, because I just refer to them as the numbers, book one and it's two. The reckoning. I was going to say I couldn't tell you. you what the name of the book was without looking it up. It's the tough reckoning. when you read. I think at this point, when we had started the series, there was six books out. Mm-hmm. So you read them back to back, which is a blessing because you don't end on like this crazy battle in the pitfall field, but you, they all blend together. So you, you, you're you like, is that book two, book three? What are the names? I have no clue. Well, this is why I've read it a gazillion times. So I know exactly what happens in each book. And we all, listeners of this podcast, thank you for it. <laughs> all right, gang. Well, you can find us. Anywhere on social media at booktalkmademe underscore pod on Instagram and TikTok. And we'd love to hear from you. You can also rate us uh, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can tell us what your favorite book is. You can tell us if you read Zodiac Academy. You can tell us who's your favorite character in Zodiac Academy in that review. If you're not quite sure what to say, which should be glowing five stars these guys are so much fun but if not if you if that's not what you want to do just tell us which book your favorite we want to hear from you we love to hear from our fans and we'll give you guys shout outs um at the end of every podcast so before we go any last final thoughts shout out to our fans in australia and new zealand <laughs> yeah i saw you guys <laughs> we saw you on there so thank you for listening all right guys we'll catch you next time for book three of zodiac academy bye bye bye, bye.